Hi folks, welcome back to another episode of Good to Game Radio. We're glad to have you here as tonight we're talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that just finished airing on Disney+. Plus. With us, we have our usual co-hosts, Vance and Clint. And joining us is a special guest, a good friend, Charles, our resident Star Wars expert. Welcome aboard, Charles. How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Vance, how you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Awesome. And Clint. Uh, fantabulous, sir. Thank you. Okay. That's a new word for you. That's awesome. Is that code for trying anything? To, or you know, this Trying just... to mix it up. You okay, know, mixing it up. Just try to bring a little diversity to uh, the language. Keep it interesting for the listeners. Awesome. Cool deal. Again, tonight we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, our impressions of the series, and uh, just anything that uh, stood out to us, what we liked, what we didn't like. Let's go around. Let's start with uh, the non-experts, and then we'll get around to our expert on our general overall thoughts of the series uh, that just ended. Let's start with uh, Vance. I'm an expert. There you go. Um, I love the series actually. Uh, it started off slow, and um, you know, it's only six, six, uh, you know, six episodes, so it's like you can only, you know, look forward to only so much. But they brought it on the last episode, everything I wanted was in episode six. Like, you know, you always wonder, it's like, yo, you are so far from the end, how are you going to bring it, bring it together? They did so. To me, it's on the level of Mandalorian because Mandalorian, the story is still incomplete. We're still waiting. Where Obi-Wan is finished. Good deal. All right. Clint, what do you got for us? Uh, it had bad acting. It had uh, bad action. And inconsistent storytelling. And it was... Barely better than Book of Boba Fett. Ooh, barely, barely better than the Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because the first episode, after the first episode, you were you were a little you thought it was you know significantly better, but uh, the middle episodes just let you down. Yeah, they. It was just the storytelling was super bad, and like the action scenes took me completely out of it, like the lasers shooting at lightsabers and just like the physical acting was horrible you know some of the uh uh, lightsaber fights were so bad you know it's like and then just like decisions that were made by some of these characters even like main characters it's like what are you doing like how are you like they're being betrayed so incompetently you know and it's like we're just supposed to be okay with that like we're supposed to be okay with just i'll just let these people live i'll just randomly murder this person that doesn't matter at all to anything just to like strike fear into a person who's already petrified of me but let me let me not kill or eliminate anyone that is all of importance to the story that is a threat to me like it this it is so many inconsistencies in like the logic and storytelling it was like bad it was <laughs> not good and they had an opportunity to to do a better one than Book of Boba Fett because that actor that was Boba Fett was so bad. I mean, just like completely uninteresting, way too old for the character. And uh, like they, they shot themselves in the foot before it even started with Boba Fett. And uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi had potential. You know, it had Ewan McGregor there. It had, uh, you know, like just a better jumping off point to start from. And it took them a little while to ruin it, but they ruined it. <laughs> All right. Before we get to Charles, I'll, I'll put my two cents in. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was just, there were some aspects about the show that I did not like the action scenes, like the chase scene where they're trying to catch Leia as a, what? A ten-year-old through the woods, and like that, literally, that they, easily would, they would be the within like a foot of her. But been put and on television. Like, oh, let me stop because I'm too close. You know, um, uh, it made and, me want to start a YouTube channel just to rip that scene apart. <laughs> it was that bad. I right? I probably spent hours thinking about how horrible that scene was. It was 
unequivocally bad television. Like it was, it it, it, it was like a prelude to how hard they were going to try the rest of the season. Right. Forgive my interruption. But the, there were a couple about... instances of that. Uh, the the scene... scene where Leia is running from the baddies in the forest at the beginning when she's being kidnapped, and including like, Clee. She's yeah. she's literally like what the the woman aggressor is like and and one of the male aggressors are like 10 feet from her and she's literally six years old right they say she's 10 but she's like the size of a six-year-old uh there's not a six-year-old in the world or 10-year-old in the world that i can't catch and i have a fake hip okay like there's no 10-year-olds that's gonna outrun me and well, let me tell you something actual that's... warriors are like she's sitting there and she's like hold on let me split up I'm you don't know what away, effects but let me move over to the that, left that to run around the woods. And has, come, like, how you know? are you making this so bad? She's, she's like, got it was this, that force stuff going on, and you know that she, she doesn't have the force. It's Leia. We already talked about is that. She? No, we'll there see. is literally forty years of canon that says she doesn't have the force. Right? Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. <laughs> the fact that this six-year-old is outrunning these guys and it takes the three of them and like jumping attack in the sliding where she's sliding in the forest. Literally that could not have been worse done. I remember because I saw it and at the end it rolled the credits and it said directed by Deborah Chow. And I thought, how dare you Deborah Chow? How dare you put that on television? How dare you besmirch the already horrible name of Star Wars by putting the worst content that's ever been released in the history of television into your episode. I digress. Uh, um, I, I feel like Deborah Chow has been thrown under the bus. Just well, a little bit. Deborah that was Chow a pretty threw bad scene. I, under I, the I, bus. I hate, I hate to, I hate to back up Clint's argument here, but that scene was pretty bad. Um, however, well, there were a couple other scenes that were pretty bad too. But and they were all action scenes, which is weird. Like the quiet moments, just where you know where um, Obi Wan just kind of like fighting with himself, like he you know, in his hiding place and stuff. Like I think I thought all that was well done, you know, and, and I thought it was good characterization. Um, but then you would get these random action scenes that were just like, where he's like, he's so rid. Like if they involved Obi, Obi-Wan, he's like rigid. He's like scared to act where whatever, but it carried through in like the stormtroopers were like, like it was infectious to them. Like, Oh, you know, I don't want to like fight this woman that's barehanded me across my helmet and I'm going to like act all stunned and, and stand here while she takes my gun and shoots me. But the last episode to me say, I mean, was like the complete polar opposite. Like where was this? I'm like, like literally they were saving their action coins for the last episode because of the, the 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 lightsaber duel between Obi Wan uh, and and uh, and Vader was pretty epic. I thought um, I would have loved to hear more like like music that stood out more, but uh, I thought it was a pretty epic duel, uh, and it really showed them at like their most powerful, uh, going off squaring off against one another. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I so at the end, uh, even though it was a little shaky in the middle. Um, I did, I did like uh, the series, and it's definitely way above uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, not quite Mandalorian, uh, but uh, that last episode I would put up there with one of the better uh, Star Wars episodes of TV I've seen. Charles, your 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 opportunity um. to 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 to, uh, to counter uh, Clint's uh, accusations against Elizabeth Chow. <laughs> Well, 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 he's not completely uh, wrong. Chow. She doesn't get Deborah off Chow, by yeah. being wrong named. She <laughs> needs to take full responsibility. Go ahead, Charles. Well, he's not completely wrong. I I, I actually really liked Obi-Wan um, as a whole. Um, you know, you can't when, when this is a series that I feel like you can't really just single out a, a single episode because it's all it's all one story. And. And so, like, I would say, like, as far as, like, the quality goes, it's kind of like an upside-down bell curve. So it starts off really strong, and then it dips, but then it, it, it shoots right back up for the finale. You know, that's, that's probably the best way I can describe it. And, and I'll, I'll say that it's right 
Uh, as far as ranking it with the other Star Wars series that we've seen on Disney Plus, uh, I would rank it like right after The Mandalorian. Um, it's just under it. You know, there, there, it did, it did have some problems. Sure, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I would agree with y'all's assessment of a lot of the action sequences were were kind of filmed in my backyard kind of quality. Um, and but you know, Ewan's performance was off the charts. I will also say that the little girl they got playing, um, as I like to call her, young Carrie Fisher, I thought she did a phenomenal job of being a young Carrie Fisher. She, she, and, and I say Carrie Fisher because like she said things that Carrie Fisher would say uh, rather than what I would imagine what Leia would have said. But uh, yeah, she, she was fantastic as well. The, those were the two highlights uh, other than when they fanboyed us with the, the uh, Padawan flashback sequence with Anakin and Obi Wan dueling—that was that was a cool little fanboy moment. Um, but uh, it it really it really did finish strong, no matter how you slice it. And uh, they tied up a lot of loose ends for Obi Wan's story. And uh, you know, I, I there was a really cool, like it was one of these things that I didn't even realize until after I watched the last episode. Is like. Uh, the whole the whole series he's dealing with depression. I mean, clearly, I mean he has a lot to be depressed about, you know, because the the kid he trained ended up being Darth Vader, and uh, of course we find out that we don't really know that, but you know he's just he's feeling like a failure anyways, been there, you know, and hiding out. So, but he's he's depressed and literally living in a cave of depression, and so like the cool little sequence at the the last episode, he's. He has not smiled at all throughout the whole series, and and so he packs up all his stuff and moves out of the cave, and then we start to see Obi Wan smiling again, um, which we hadn't seen. Um, he's smiling and being, uh, you know, a little more positive, uh, a little more optimistic, and um, you know, then then we have the really 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 awesome cameo at the very end from uh, Qui Gon. Spoiler alert. Uh, for those anyone watching, watching or listening, hopefully you've watched this. Hopefully, <laughs> your listeners have uh, been instructed to have watched the whole series by now. So, um, but yeah, uh, the Qui Gon cameo really was a nice note to end on. But yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, liked it a lot. Uh, the depression that you were talking about, I didn't really even think about the fact that that cave is representative of what of depression. That's a uh, that's a pretty interesting point. That makes a lot of sense, uh, yeah. looking at it that way, and um, and that was the first couple of episodes, right? Like he was really like not the Obi Wan that we were mm. expecting, right? It's like Vance. Right. I think you were that was kind of the toughest thing you were you were having with the show when it initially aired, and we were talking about it um, was you know where's Obi Wan because this is not Obi Wan, right? <laughs> Right, so my whole thing was is like, so, you know, going back when they told him don't train Anakin, you know, they even said this is the chosen one, you know, so it's like, so you knew he was going to grow up to be strong, which way he fell, you didn't know, but you knew he was going to be strong. So my thing is mentally, you have to prepare for that. And, you know, so I think they, they it, it took too long for him to kind of come out because this is what you prepare for. Like, you train him to be a Jedi, you know? So it was like, I mean, just like Yoda, Yoda chain, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, Luke, Luke kinda, Skywalker. Yeah, the Luke, the home, oh. home the skills, you know, bring it in, bring it in. So the first time he, he faces Darth Vader and he's like, you know, shaking, like that was like depressed for me because Mike Tyson hasn't fought in how long? But if you roll up to Mike Mike Tyson right now, he's gonna know how to at least throw a punch. Like they made Obi Wan like he's carrying his saber to work every day for ten years. He's carrying it with him, but it's like you telling me he don't even know. Like he's like he, oh, he, he had oh. he buried it in the desert. Yeah, yeah he, he did. didn't have yeah. it with him. Remember that was a scene where he went out to the desert and unburied the box, and that had the lightsaber in it, and that's what he did when he was going to like take up the task of protecting or saving Leia or whatever. And he and he told that other Jedi to to go bury it. Do the too. same thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So what did he have with him when he went to work? Nothing. Just a a knife. Yeah, just the knife, and he would take no, okay take the yeah, food home for his EOP. 
Yeah, because I remember they showing him putting someone on his hip as he walked away. Let's go back to this point that Clint made about Leia and having force powers, whatever, inherent. inherent. Hold on. Let's let's rewind all the way back. I know a lot of 10-year-olds that can beat you, Clint, just so saying, six-year-old. <laughs> just yeah, go on YouTube true. and type in fastest six-year-old. I'm pretty sure you couldn't beat them guy that's on the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not going to be forget, Leia. Don't forget, she is someone of importance. So, like, if I was going to kidnap you know, like, you know, the first kid or something like that. I'm not going to chase him the same way I'm chasing my kids around the house. Nah, I'm telling so you. So she was, like, so they needed the her alive and they needed that her was unscathed. the worst thing that's ever been on TV. <laughs> like, it was so nah, unbelievably bad. Nah, I'm pretty like, sure Ted Classic was the worst thing on again, TV. Dude. I'm telling you, I watched it so many times just, like, in disbelief at how bad it was. Yeah, like see, but was, you wanted to be bad, so when you're watching it, you, like... I didn't want it to be bad. <laughs> you wanted it to be bad. if you remember, if you listened back after the first episode where I wouldn't give a one-word review, and I did after Boba Fett, because I could tell it was garbage after the first episode. This one, I was like, oh, it might be something. But that was still horrendously bad. Like, she's not moving fast. They got her sliding. They got these people, like, splitting up instead of just, like, let me just reach out my arm and grab her no i gotta run around like 40 meters that way go around some trees and try to like they had to jump on her and everything they literally there was no reason whatsoever for that to have happened that guy was there he had uh he intimidates this little girl she starts running why aren't the others already in position to grab her like they could have literally just gone up and grabbed her like from uh, from opposing angles there's like a million different things they could have done but for some reason they're like well all of our action is just horrendous so Let's try to throw in this scene and spice it up a little bit. And they did it like they let like the junior the, like assistant director, like that that person's like nephew do it, mm-hmm. you know, because he was in the AV club in, in, in middle school or something. It was like literally unexcusable how bad it was. It's on Disney Plus, which is <laughs> which is a company that is monstrously huge that could throw millions and millions of dollars into these shows. And they give us garbage. <laughs> like they did so throw millions of dollars in there. To and be fair, I mean, they, like, they spent they spent five billion to buy the uh, intellectual property. So you know, <laughs> so after the budget money. of uh, of Obi Wan Kenobi, that's uh, five billion one hundred and thirty eight dollars <laughs> spent. So <laughs> I don't know about that return on investment. Yeah. Yeah, the investment is great. That's why they so make these. Going six, back to uh, Leia, uh, Charles, you were, you had you, you had a comment about well, um, Leia's force ability, uh, force either lack of abilities yeah. or uh, abilities that she doesn't know she has. So, so, I just want to correct something that he's that uh, Clint said is that she there there is is not forty years of canon of her not being force sensitive. She just hasn't been you know taught. To interact with the force, she's definitely force sensitive. She just has never really used it or been. I mean, honestly, this being around Ben, um, and I say Ben because he wasn't like like you guys said he wasn't Obi Wan Kenobi when we started. It was it was Ben Kenobi, um, and um, you know Ben is the depressed Obi Wan. So that was the most she's actually been around a Jedi that that we know of, and um, you know so. She she's not really doesn't really understand the force and doesn't know much about it, but she's definitely force sensitive. Uh, she doesn't know how to tune in and, and use it, and you know it's it's probably instinctual. So maybe maybe that uh, fight or flight instinct kicked in, and so when she was running, maybe she was force running. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't have that answer. Um, she, she doesn't meet I, Ben until after she's escaped, though. So she would have had oh, no interaction true. with that's anybody true. that had right. the force. It's still nothing. instinctual there. So yeah, so it, it was ridiculously unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> like, well, I, I rig- think it becomes believable when you realize that the guy that's behind this whole plot to capture her is actually flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So you know, okay, was that um, him? Because I thought it was yes, him, but I'm like, yeah. is that him or is that the actor that I always yeah. see that looks like him? You know, because I felt like that <laughs> no, was a thing. I that was, was like, that was actually flee. Um, um, and and you know, it's one of those things. Like at the end of the episode. Uh, I realized, and then I see his name in the credits. It just says Flea. It's pretty great. 
Um, and I was like, well, of course, Flea should be in the Star Wars universe. He looks like a, a, a bad guy in the Star Wars universe. So He looks like a bad guy in any universe, I'd argue. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> I, I was caught off guard. I'm going in thinking, you know, we did the uh, obligatory, you know, the spy on Luke as a child scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the story was actually centered around, you know, spoilers here, Leia. I was yeah. actually glad that that that's the case, right? Because, I mean, there is, a, I'm thinking, man, Luke Skywalker fatigue. Every story has to be about yeah. Luke, right? Uh, right? Finally, we get something about somebody other than Luke. You know, in in the uh, the promised one or whatever prophecy you want to go go with uh, his father or whatever. Finally, we get um, a, a story about that's not about Leia per se, but you know, it's a it's it's a different character that we get a little bit in uh, a deeper look into. Well, I I definitely think this was was Leia centric, and I think it needed to be because you know if if we want to go all the way through. Um, to the sequel trilogy, which I hate, um, but <laughs> uh, a lot of people out there do like it. Um, you know, Leia and Han named their kid Ben, and it always seemed kind of weird. Why would she name him after Obi Wan? Because you know, we watch the original trilogy. They, you know, he gets cut in half right when he has the chance to meet her. Um, so now we understand why she named the kid Ben um, because they they did interact. Um, and she did remember it, and so that's that's kind of cool. I guess a cool way to pay that off. See, little answers like that, I think, are cool. Like, I think that that's that that like I didn't know that the kid's name was Ben or any of that. You know, like I I didn't know that, but I think that's like a cool, a, a cool tie-in. Like, okay, so when we look at like the story as a whole, how many of those questions were answered? Just I'll there, ask there you, quite Charles. Like, so that was a pretty quite common a theme of this was they were answering these questions because I don't know those questions. I think they put in a lot of little, little Easter eggs like that. Um, like I think probably the coolest one other than even cooler than that one, cause that's probably up there. But the coolest one is when Vader and Obi-Wan have their final confrontation. Anakin tells him, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Um, so that means that in an original trilogy, when he tells Luke that Vader betrayed and murdered your father, he wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. Because um, we've thought for years he was lying when he said that. Yeah. I think that was the coolest one. Um, I, I did like that shot of seeing – so Yoda's crying over here. Sorry if that's coming up. But, uh, um, uh, you know, I, the, the, I like all the shots of, of Vader with his helmet cracked open, you know. They they did that in Star Wars Rebels. If you've never watched that, it's a I, it's the it's honestly it's it's right up there with Mandalorian. I I hold Star Wars Rebels. That's a hill that I will die on. That it is it is it, it was the first Disney triumph, uh, with Star Wars is Rebels. Um, highly recommend. And again, Leia makes a cameo in in Rebels, so <laughs> that's cool oh, too. Okay. Can, can I talk yeah. about Leia for a second? Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, um, but 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 you know, be careful, tread lightly. You're talking to a guy. I I grew up in love with Leia. Uh, I did get to meet Carrie Fisher before she passed. So oh, you know, a, tread lightly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm not gonna tread particularly. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> so this ten year old, Clint's like the has, uh, the uh, the emperor. <laughs> yeah. The this ten year old. Here we go. Oh, okay. Charles is holding up a picture of him and Carrie Fisher. It was really cool. Yeah, and and also Gary Fisher over here. You can see him. Can't He's see her what dog. That is. That, oh, the yeah, the dog. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, adorable. He, he went with her everywhere. <laughs> My issue with this character, this ten-year-old Leia, is she is spouting off some like ridiculous wisdom in in the mm-hmm. beginning of this. Like, she is saying things that are wise beyond, like, you know, Yoda's years. You know, they're just, like, oh, yeah. super wise. And none of her actions at all are wise. <laughs> so it's, like, it's unbelievable that this 10-year-old has this perspective uh, in the first place, right? Because it's super wise stuff she's saying. And then immediately they make, they, they uh, congratulate me 
on realizing that it's unbelievable by having her do the exact opposite of anything a wise person would do. So it's obviously that this is just a regular 10-year-old kid who's going to do dumb things, but they're portraying well, they're portraying her as like Yoda for this series and it's like she's that a little bit of a major inconsistency for me and it bothered me. I'm like what what character are you playing, Leia? Are you playing Yoda or are you playing Jar Jar Binks? Because you're switching back and forth between the two of them, and it bugs me. You have to understand that she grew up on uh, Alderaan, uh, the child of the senator who from Alderaan. So she's getting the best uh, education that, that Alderaan can buy. And her, mo- her mother is actually the queen of Alderaan. That's where her princess title actually comes from. Um, so she's getting, like, you know... All kinds of like governmental, you know, highest education you can think of. Um, so that's where that wisdom comes from. But at at war with that, you know, teaching and training is the fact that she's just a ten year old kid, and ten year old kids are going to be ten year old kids. <laughs> um, they can they can have the smarts, they can have the know how, but yeah, she's she's still going to uh, be a kid every now and then. And I think that's that's kind of another one of the cool things of the story is is they wanted Luke to be a kid rather than, you know, having to worry about all the stuff in the world of growing up in Tatooine. I think it's been it's pretty consistent with kind of like the take charge attitude that uh, mm-hmm. she had, you know, in the original movie, you know, when they were oh, yeah. break, breaking her out of the uh, detention center, she was like, you know, get out of the way <laughs> You get out of my way, you know. I'll take, I'll take care of this, you know. Type of attitude, you know. Real. She smart. realized pretty quick that she yeah. was the the brains of that outfit. So yeah, yeah. she's got a real smart <laughs> mouth too, you know. She's like, yeah. I think it's a pretty reasonable explanation. It softens the blow of how inconsistent it was. I'll say that much for sure. Next inconsistency. I don't think you're gonna have a a, a good answer for this one because this is okay. much more recent canon, right? So these okay. shows, these shows are giving us canon, right? Well, when we watch what happens yeah. to the show, this is canon. Okay. So when I watched yeah. Boba Fett and Sheriff O'Malley or whatever the guy's name is, uh, Timothy um, Oliphant, he's over Cobb, there. Cobb Vant. Yeah, I actually, what's his name? <laughs> Cobb Vant. Cobb Marshall Vant. Marshall Cobb Vant. Yeah. So the marshal yeah. is there yeah. and they're running spice in his town. And he's t- he's telling these guys like they stop and they've got the spice and it is the spice is like smaller than like a woman's shoebox this this container that they have right it is I I don't know maybe like a, a sixteen ounces of spice in this thing or something and the guy tells the marshal that that spice is worth more than your town so we understand that this small amount of spice that they're bringing has ridiculous value. Now, we go to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan is interacting with this young girl, who I think, Vance, did you say that that was actually his daughter in real life? Like, Ewan McGregor's real-life daughter? And she's a drug dealer on this planet, Mm -hmm. and she's offering him all this stuff, and then she gives him a free sample (laughs) of spice that is at least half as much as as this shoebox, that is worth half a town for a freebie for this random guy. And then he, so it, it, I, that's what gets dropped in the, uh, like the, uh, the, think, the, the prison room. It makes, I think I can explain red hot chili peppers pass out. <laughs> I, okay. I think I do have an explanation here because so it, and, and it all has to do with the timeline. So the, when, when uh, we meet, Ewan McGregor's real life daughter. You know, this is this is the height of the empire, right? So the high the empire is in power. They're they're running the show. So, but when we meet Cobb Vanth, Marshal Cobb Vanth, and the Spice Runners on Tatooine, the empire has fallen, and we're under the New Republic government. So we've had total regime change. The economy of the whole universe has changed. So there you go. <laughs> How long between these stories is this supposed to be? Okay, so. Like an estimate this is, is fine, just some sort of perspective. Uh, so we're talking Obi-Wan takes place 10 years before, um, you know, the first Star Wars movie. And so the first Star Wars movie 
the this original trilogy is i think it there's there's some debate on how long it actually takes place but i think it's i think you know if we're looking at maybe you know anywhere from five to seven years for for the the duration of so that's we're up to 17 years there and then so then uh add another five because mandalorian and boba fett happens five years after the fall of the empire so what what we get to like 22 years there okay so yeah so it's another thing that reasonably could be explained yeah yeah i still hate it with math it's reasonable (laughs) So let's talk about some of the other characters that they that they gave us in the show. Uh, let's start with the third sister. What? What? Why? Why this story? I mean, what was it? Was it really that big uh, importance to this? To the? To what's going on? Or they just needed an antagonist, another antagonist to. I think that's ultimately what it boils down to. I don't think I don't think you're going to find many people that really liked the character or the the acting performance of the character. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, hassle her on social media or anything like that, like supposedly has happened, but performance was just kind of like, eh, you know, um, uh, I think to me, the, the most unbelievable thing of this, of this series was when she gets run through, mm-hmm. I don't know how she survives that. And they pass it off with the line, Oh, revenge can be a strong thing, you know, cause I guess, you know, then the Grand Inquisitor, who, by the way, another Rebels reference, the Grand Inquisitor survives pretty much the same thing. And we knew that beforehand because he does show up in Rebels. So he's actually the main antagonist of the first season of Rebels. That bothered me so much. That's one of those things, <laughs> like, Vader gets introduced, he's going through this town, and Obi-Wan's having a panic attack, you know, because he can sense him near. And he's, like, murdering all these, like, random citizens that are just, like, in the area and then anyone that actually needs to die not getting killed so he he should want to kill obi-wan right it's like i mean that's that's what he does on his way to do well he definitely isn't so when he's doing that fight he is absolutely not trying to kill him because obi-wan at that first fight has no like his ability he's a shell of himself right he he yeah. is completely uh, outclassed by Vader, and Vader is playing with him. Like, he is toying with his food. Like, the whole fight was super obvious that Vader is just kind of testing him out. Like, and then his thing was he needs to torture him, right? So he won't kill him because he needs to torture him. So he drags <laughs> him in the fire and all that. But then he lets him go. And, like, doesn't he get shot in the, like, the, this woman can shoot the woman from Game of Thrones, Dorn. <laughs> Yeah. can shoot what did she shoot she shoot vader she shoot a thing to like um i can't remember she shoots oh, something yeah. and stops yeah. all the like the entire empire with a single shot that <laughs> vader apparently doesn't stop so vader lets him go there's no other explanation that's like that he's just that incompetent that's not it's well, not like that's not possible but he lets was him this go when he when, was this when he had set lola to evil and uh they were using lola to track that that's that's the he only doesn't reason know why that. he would have let him he go. doesn't he doesn't know that though. Oh, yeah, you're Cause, right. Because he goes and is her name Reva, the third sister. Reva, Reva, so, yeah. He doesn't know that, so he lets him go because he's not ready to kill him. Maybe I'll do I'll I'll do the mental gymnastics for them. Easily could have killed him right there, but obviously the story progression won't allow for that. This one random shot, like he he's just letting this happen, right? And then Reva quote unquote kills the grand inquisitor yeah like how are you not gonna make sure that guy's dead how is that (laughs) in any universe the right because you're trying to blame obi-wan on him uh obi-wan for the for the murder and of course Mm -hmm. if that guy's not murdered that's a huge problem for you but she is so incompetent that she's just gonna (laughs) fail to murder someone like isn't her whole thing that she's trying to murder people all the time you don't think she knows unfortunately Unfortunately, the Inquisitors all apparently, for for narrative purposes, all seem to be incompetent one way or another. So <laughs> uh, that's that that's true even of Rebels, um, but they're still pretty cool. <laughs> so Vader doesn't kill Obi Wan when he absolutely yeah. can first time. 
She doesn't kill the Grand Inquisitor when she absolutely can the first time. She doesn't kill Obi-Wan later, and they have their, like, come-to-Jesus meeting with each other, and, like, yeah. he's like, oh, you so, are a Padawan. But you, you do realize you, that like, they can't kill Obi-Wan, right? Because yeah, yeah I mean, dude, <laughs> tell a story. He has tell like, a literally story that doesn't rely on you all the pretend body killing everybody <laughs> and making me hate all your characters for how horribly you've written them. <laughs> like, so the way what you're saying though is that there's a theme of letting people go because that even goes back to episode three when Obi Wan thinks that he's killed Obi Wan or uh, Obi Wan thinks that he's killed Anakin, but he hasn't got him on fire and cut his legs and arms off you know so then you know so basically we just have a history of star wars a theme of star wars is at least for this obi-wan story is where we don't check to make sure that we've killed the people that we think we've killed but like she's so bloodthirsty the entire time (laughs) and by the way i i liked that character at the start like first episode uh you know she was coming on like pretty strong and like in the start of the second episode is when she kills the grand inquisitor right or fake kills right. him i right. uh i was really enjoying her character at that point like i thought hmm. that she was that she was doing a good job like they they made me respect the character because she was so ruthless and then immediately i lose all that respect for her and i watch her like be incompetent and like underhanded and stuff and then it's like Oh wait, am I respecting her again now because it's a revenge plot to kill Vader? It's like I mean that's kind of cool, I guess. Like if it's all a means to an end to destroy Vader, and it's like okay, I'm back on her on her side now. And then she just gets stabbed and left for dead, and it's just like not dead. Like they just you literally just you you attempted to murder the Grand Inquisitor. You attempted to murder Vader, and they're like you know what, you know it's uh, it's Friday. We'll just go easy on you. Just one little stabby to the stomach, you know, and then you you know, go back to the gutter. Like, there, we have no interest in self-preservation whatsoever. They needed her to make the kidnapping to get Obi-Wan to, leave, to come out of hiding so she could get close to Vader so she could kill Vader, which, you know, she should have realized that that was never going to happen. But but that was good of her too. Like she was, she was the catalyst to this entire series, right? Oh it yeah, was, yeah. Her motivations is why we got this series. And I mean, it, it opens with the, right. uh, the purge. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think it they opens, treated she's her one of the right. Padawans. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's the same like uh, right. Monica Rambo in Wandavision. You know, I felt like it was the same thing. They just didn't treat that character. They 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 do this all this to develop a character, and they give it so much potential, and then they do nothing with it. You know, and that's just that's what this Reva character was. It's like you you build her up into something that is really quite impressive. The fact that she was able to do all this, she was able to get the tracker to him. Like she was the entire reason for any success in their in in their attempt to find Kenobi. It was all her, and then. They disrespected that character, which is just an all too common of a theme. And they disrespected her like, oh, she's blind with rage for this. And then she's like weak with Kenobi and she can't kill a person, which literally is what all we've seen from her is that she's a bloodthirsty killer. And then she can't kill the Grand Inquisitor. And Have then we? she can't kill Vader, which she shouldn't be able to. Right. right? But like it was embarrassing. Right. And then she just gets stabbed like, oh, go on your way. Go back to the gutter. She's I, Padawan. I, I don't <laughs> remember. Like, I don't remember her. Was there a scene where she killed somebody? She cut the one woman's she, hand off. She threatened yeah. to kill a lot of people. She like tried oh, to kill the yeah. Jedi, or it, like when we introduced to her, the Grand Inquisitors walking around that bar or whatever, and they're like, "We know there's a Jedi around here." And she gets bored of them, and she throws that knife right at the guy's between his eyes, and the Jedi stops it. You know, like so she's down and ready to kill. Like she doesn't have a problem with it, or she knew the Jedi you know, they make would that interfere. Very clear. <laughs> yeah, she does, but like the whole time, and then, like I, I don't know if she killed somebody, but I would like feel like everything they showed us of her character is that she's bloodthirsty. Like that is yeah. what they're showing us in the start of this. Until it came down it to the end, murder. she couldn't. She couldn't do it. She still well, she was still bloodthirsty. She just can't beat Darth Vader. You know, like she couldn't make that turn. Um, 
she couldn't make that, you know. She had the chance to end the whole the whole Star Wars saga. She couldn't do it. <laughs> my question is um my question is with her character is like after this after the show is over we just have her character out there in the universe yeah this knowledge i'm like well so what, like, what's up with that yeah well she's she is that that is a, a an excellent question that i wish i knew the answer to because like you know she's the one person that knows who anakin skywalker is vader um who has left the apparently she's no longer an inquisitor of course, the, the question really is, is how is she even still alive? Because she's given up on having revenge, and revenge was the thing that was keeping her alive, apparently. What happened? We, we never got that resolution at all. I actually hope they bring her back in the next season to, like, do her character some justice. You know, like, fill, answer another one of those questions. Like, oh, at some point, you know, this Jedi or something was doomed to die and then they save the day later but we only know they saved the day because she saved them or something you know she deserves something from like they basically put the entirety of this series like you know in her hands as she was the catalyst for all of it and then it's just like okay you're we're done with you like we right. we, we gave you a, a bad story we gave you a great start a great potential start and then absolutely robbed you of any like you know good storytelling uh so hopefully they like undo that for her Unfortunately, uh, and I say this as a Star Wars fan, the Star Wars universe is littered with really interesting characters that don't get their payoff one way or another. Um, there's a lot of characters like that. Like, and I, I feel like there's characters that were wasted, especially this is why I don't like the sequel trilogy at all, um, is because that's where most of them hang out is, you know, we got a lot of good characters here, but we're not going to do anything good with them. Um, we're going to totally ruin Luke. Um, and, you know, of course, then there's a handful of other characters through the different other eras as well that just like, whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. He just showed up and went away somewhere else. So this, this gets me a lot and it's back to the cave. So Obi-Wan is living in the town or whatever, and he comes out and he's got this cave that is what, like in the vicinity of Luke Skywalker and his Mm -hmm. brother and all that. Right. And that's where he just like, that's his like little camping spot to like check on luke right he makes a little trip there and then later we see that like oh he lives in the cave now right so he Mm -hmm. lives in the cave that's near luke skywalker so he can keep an eye on him and then the senator randomly shows up in this cave right (laughs) easily finds this cave has a conversation with him and then he goes on this adventure and the third sister reva finds out uh, you know that this other guy is has Luke Skywalker, right? So she, whatever his brother's name is. So now Reva knows Owen Lars. What's his name? Oh, Owen, Owen Lars. Okay. Yeah. So Reva knows where they are, and she's alive. Uh, the Grand Inquisitors and the remaining Inquisitors knew that he was in that area, knew who he was, uh, and he and they still know that that you know that that is an area that he had been and so his solution is instead of separating himself from luke to protect him right so that he is not like when they come looking for him they find luke his whole thing is let me go and live back in this cave that multiple people who are super super dangerous know about or know the or know the general area and be near to luke it's so inconsistent with his whole thing is protecting luke and then he's like, oh, you want to you want to meet him? It's like, OK, so you're going to meet him. You're going to live right next to him, even though this murderous person knows that that place exists. The senator was able to find it super easily. And these other inquisitors probably can find it just as easily. Like his idea to go and go back to Luke when his whole thing is he needed to be getting away to protect him. Logically well, inconsistent. So- he did get away. He didn't go back to that cave. He did at the very end. He goes back to the cave. No, he cleans everything out. Yeah, he yeah. packed up. Did he? Okay. Well, then maybe yeah. something. Because I'm looking at it. I'm he, like, why is he going back? He sets up another house, which they, you know, that's. I mean, that's it's near it's nearby, but yeah, it's not I mean, it's like the same thing. Right, that it's not right as blatant, yeah. but it's still like, why are you yeah. there? Isn't your whole thing when they come for you, they're gonna find him too? 
I mean, to, to be real, like, um, like his mission was supposed to watch over the boy. Um, and so like, that was the biggest problem I had going into it, but they, you know, narrative wise, they, they, they sold me on, he's going to go protect Leia. Um, because like I had problems with him leaving Tatooine altogether because that's just to me in my head, that wasn't canon for him to leave, but it, it makes sense. You know, the way they told the story, it, it, it made sense to me and I, I was okay with it. Reasonable. Yeah. Vance, what'd you love about it? Um, well, Obi-Wan comes back full power. Uh, and he like pretty much like shatters the rocks and he comes back and he's fighting. And I'm like, that's all I want. It's like Star Wars is about the force. Like that's, that's all I want to see. I want to see the force. I want to see a Jedi be a Jedi. And I mean, like, you know, Darth Vader, he does great every time he shows up on a scene. So when he says, you know, oh, you back to full power. Once he says that, I knew like Obi-Wan had, you know, come to grips with himself and he's about to he's about to show out. And he did. So the fight scene was incredible. So that is a big it. thing for you is you want to see people at their their most powerful. It's a very common thing that you ask for, and I can see them giving that to you being like a big payoff. Right, because you figure this is like, <clears throat> so just like, um, you know, Charles was saying earlier about Spider-Man, it's like Tony and I know we had like the same thing about Spider-Man. Like if you watch the, um, if you watch the cartoons and stuff, it's like Spider-Man has been a standalone character. He's very intelligent. So don't give me this kid in the new one. And he's almost relying on Iron Man. Like Spider-Man didn't be like, he didn't rely on Iron Man. He's his own, he's his own boss pretty much. So it's like, that's what I don't want to see. Like, I don't want you to drop 10 movies. And then 30 years later, it's like, Hey, let's do a real movie on Spider-Man. Like, no, like you have all the information. We have all this techno technology. It's 2022. Let everybody be great. I want to see Superman has full power. I want to see Batman at his full power. I want to see everybody at their full power because it's there. Like I said, we don't have to keep doing origin stories. Like, Obi-Wan shouldn't have been down that long. Like, we know who he is. We know his story. Let him be great. In episode six, they let him be great. That is a, it, like a full circle to one of these conversations we've had before. Is like, and Tony mentioned it earlier. I'm not sure if we were recording yet, but the origin story we're plagued by constant origin stories and that's just uh because they have to revitalize it you told me that vance like it's like oh well, they're not making it for 30 and 40 year olds they're making it for the next generation you know so i think that in this it's only six episodes so you do get that payoff at the end like we watch him like you know underperforming and and not being his true self um and it took them kind of ruining some other characters along the way, specifically like Reva, you know, like that character just got so disrespected, but we did get the payoff of Obi-Wan returned to, you know, all that power. So I, I can get on board with that. I can see that payoff being worth it for you. Um, just cause I know that's what you appreciate. So if, if we, if we, uh, if we don't see Obi-Wan struggle a little bit, we don't really have much of a story. Uh, so that, that's, you know, we kind of needed to see him struggle and then rise to the occasion, which kind of helped his story arc as, as as well. Right. So my whole problem with with him defining himself is like, if you look like you know, like a like you know previously. So so let's say Empire Strikes Back, when Luke meets Darth Vader, gets his hand cut off, falls, whatever, like that, and then he goes through the whole process with Yoda. Whatever like that. Of course, this is six six episodes, but we don't see Obi Wan with that come to Jesus moment as a as I call it. It's a short period of time where episodes one trash, episodes two trash, episode three he gets work, and then it's like okay he's running. Episode four, and then all of a sudden Darth Vader is like your full power. But what was the aha moment where everything clicked for him by a couple flashbacks? You know, like he didn't he didn't go like train, he didn't go meditate, he didn't go pray, he didn't do anything. He was always running because he was helping um Roken, uh, I think is 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 his name, uh 
Ice Cube's son, a uh, name. Uh, is that who that was? Yeah, yeah, his son. I didn't know that. So, he, so it, it's like he was always fighting. I didn't he was know that running. either. Yeah, yeah. O- 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 O'Shea is his name. O'Shea uh, Jackson. Yeah, O'Shea Jackson. So, um, I mean, yeah, but so it's like he's always running. He looked like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so it was like Obi Wan is always, always fighting, always running from the field to them on the back of the taxi, whatever. It's like. So when when did he had time to, you know, besides when he was buried in the rock and he ain't had no choice, like you said, instinctively the force came and it's like, bro, you gonna get smashed by these rocks? You better do something. And then it was like, so I think the uh, the turning point for Obi Wan was realizing that it wasn't all his fault. You know, when when Anakin tells him, "You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did." that that's his permission to be who he was supposed to be. That was the turning point. And I think that's why that's such a, that was such a powerful scene and a, and a powerful line. And because that was the pivotal moment for Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, this story is just, it's, it's almost as much about Vader as it is Obi-Wan, right? It's just, these two coming together, you know, it's just like, you know, like they're completing one another's, like there's, that's why they don't ever kill each other, right? It's like, you know. Who who kills Obi-Wan in the, uh, Obi-Wan dies, right? In one of the movies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who kills him? um, It's it's Vader. Vader, right? But but, uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he like disappears. He surrenders to it because he knows that that he's going to be able to uh, be a, a blue force ghost now. So, um, he, that's, that's kind of like, it's, it, that's kind of a cool thing too. Like to, to realize that he didn't, he didn't just get killed by Vader. He let Vader kill him for, for a higher purpose. So yeah, it kind of ended the stalemate, right? Cause it's like, yeah, they, they never made any, like yeah. one would never kill the other. You know, there was some reason why right. one and the other would never die to the other. But until Obi-Wan's, you know, gives himself up to become more powerful than he could ever imagine or, or whatever the quote is. Um, that, that's exactly the line, yeah. It's just weird, like, at the start, what is episode two or whatever it was, like, Vader's not ready to kill Obi-Wan. And then at the end, it seemed like there's not much back and forth between the two of them. Like, how often do they meet in this series? Like, they meet and they have the lightsaber fight in, like, episode two. And is the second time they see each other episode six? There's only, like, two fights, right? They they dueled in the the last movie, the prequels. And then uh, now you have this connecting story. And then the third and final fight is on the Death Star, where Obi-Wan allows himself to... To be killed. So, but in the series, episode two, we see Vader not ready to kill Obi Wan because he is way more powerful. Obi Wan is complete, like barely able to defend himself, and Vader lets him get away. It's, it's, it, no other reasonable explanation in my mind because he is just not that incompetent from what we've seen of him. Maybe, maybe he is. Because, uh, really he's wanting, he's wanting to series. mentally crush Obi Wan, like so he mm-hmm. wants Obi Wan. To suffer mentally as much he, as he possible. wants to torture him, right? Yeah. right? Right. And then now their very next interaction is episode six. He's got no problem just like murdering him with a bunch of rocks. But he didn't murder. Him. Well, because at this point he <laughs> he now is like a a a formal opponent. It's like you know, he like doesn't know that when he does it when he murders him with the rocks, it's after nah, he murders him with nah, the rocks he, that he like nah, he does, does the, because he can he can feel it. Like, 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 remember, like, it's not, it's not really like a, like an action It's I can feel the force, you know? So it's like, so he, he, he can feel it with him. And it's like, that's why he went kind of like as hard as he did on him. Because at the beginning, when they fought in episode two, he could have just jumped rocks on him before. Like I said, the little robot that picked him up, Vader could have crushed it. I mean, he pulled a plane back, you know, from taking off. So he could have yeah. did whatever he wanted to, but he knew that Obi-Wan wasn't a hundred. But once he felt it, then it's like, okay, I'm going to bring the house down on you and we're going to see. You know, and you know, Reasonable. once he brought the house down, you know, he stops and he's like, "Okay, he's alive." 
And then that's when, you know, they finish the fight. Yeah, that's kind of reasonable, I guess. It's just, I don't know, man. I feel like it shouldn't need so many explanations. You know, like, tell a good story. To a real Star Wars fan, it doesn't. But I think that that is a good story in that in in that <laughs> I don't in know, that man, in that in that framework of Obi Wan versus Vader, I think that's pretty good storytelling. I mean, like he's just I'm he's not going to come out and say I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you into an inch of your life and then I'm gonna walk off so you can gather yourself together so we can fight again. As an audience, I, they were respecting us as an audience to like put those things together right it's like why is he doing that we just don't want like constant an answer to every freaking scene or every action or every motive we want the audience to be thoughtful on what they're seeing and 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 put it together themselves that's going to be more meaningful for the audience but i think the issue here is that that's literally one meeting to the very next meeting and i think that there was room in this series for more Obi-Wan and Vader interactions. They had a lot of filler in this. So I think you have to think of it in these terms that this Kenobi series, and uh, it's really intended to be like a one-off. I don't think that now they may end up doing another season because I think think a lot of people watched it. Um, But, but uh, uh, it's really intended to be kind of like a character study of Kenobi um and showing showing his growth uh really just how he combated like the depression like because i think that's the beautiful thing about the whole story is is how he he got depressed rightfully so and and then he came full circle and found himself again you know i i honestly kind of hope that they don't do another season because i think it would run the risk of tainting the beauty that's in the story and in the character study um, I don't I, I don't want it to, to ruin it. I think it fits well with the movies. Um, and, you know, it, it's just that whole story arc for Kenobi is just a wonderful thing. I think if this is the story they're telling. Reva, the third sister. I think you used the term earlier shoehorn. It seems like she is shoehorned into this into this incredibly pivotal part of it where then then her character just disappears with a bunch of loose ends where get rid of her the grand inquisitors are still a thing but vader is the mastermind of what's happening and that gives like a like some credibility to it whereas this it's like the only reason that vader who's been looking for 10 years uh finds obi-wan is because this random cowboy in the third sister. And it's like the interactions between Vader and Obi-Wan were minimal in this series. And that to me made it not as good of a story. Like why is the antagonist in this show, a one-off character who you like, you, you, you one and dunder in this thing, but then have all these loose ends. It's like, if, if that character does, isn't written into this and Vader has a more central role in this tracking him down because uh, third sister wants Obi-Wan more than Vader because she wants Vader more than Vader wants Obi-Wan. How is that possible? Like, Oh, because he murdered some people around me when I was a kid. Like, but literally Obi-Wan and Vader's story is so much stronger than that. And the and the entire catalyst for this whole series is, well, I don't know. He was mean when I was a little kid. I saw him murder some people near me. So you know, ah, revenge. It's like, like so the whole premise think, of it is is weak in that regard. I think. I, I think you have to have her as the central antagonist rather than Vader, because if you have Vader being the central antagonist, it kind of taints their interactions. Uh, in the movies um, and that's that's kind of another thing that made me nervous about this is like I don't know if I want Anakin and Vader really facing off or excuse me Obi-Wan and Vader facing off because I don't want it to take away from the movies because those interactions are pivotal moments in the films 
and in the storylines for for the characters that they interacted with um but you know i think they ended up doing a really good job kind of like i I keep coming back to using the marvel as an example because like they really did uh they it's like they hand the baton from um the the shoehorn characters from or let me go back even further they took the prequel characters gave it to the the uh, shoehorn characters and then they then they give it on to the original trilogy characters i think it, it's very very well done in that regard um but that that's essentially to answer that question that's essentially why you can't have vader being the main antagonist because he's the main antagonist overall you know it's kind of like why isn't Palpatine hanging out in the first two movies of the original trilogy? Um, because you want to find out how bad of a threat he is in the third film of the trilogy. So, you know. How long after the series, uh, the events of Obi-Wan, does uh, the next time that Vader and Obi-Wan meet, how, how, how long is that after we see what we just saw? I think I think it's like uh, nine, ten years, something somewhere in that realm. So ten years, Obi Wan is left alone and just allowed to rebel against. I'm sure there's like you know whatever reasons, but like it seemed like uh, Vader gets like scolded by Palpatine at the end, where he's like. I can't remember what he said. He was like, "Oh, you were just, you know, trying too hard. You're not. You're 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 hung up on your ex master. You know, like you need to be committed." And that's all it took for ten years. The guy just buys him ten years by like by that. Well, like, Vader Vader's pretty gets pretty obsessed, uh, and this is from speaking from like the comic books and stuff, um, and some of the novels. But he gets pretty obsessed with with whatever task he's doing at the time. So. He does get to move on from Kenobi, which is, I guess, another important thing that this series kind of wraps up, that he moves on and he's, he's off hunting other Jedi and stuff. And, you know, the, another, and this is a really, really super, two, two really minor complaints I have for the Kenobi series, is that, so we get a name drop of Quinlan Voss, who, if you're familiar with Star Wars, that's a uh, very popular character who who's actually only appeared in an episode or a couple episodes of the clone wars uh he gets a name drop in revenge of the sith um but you know he hasn't really materialized in in live action or anything like that and i think when they dropped his name fanboys like myself thought okay we're gonna get live action quinlan voss and i didn't go anywhere with that um of course i also was hoping for a little bit of a, a mandalorian tie-in and you know i I think a lot of us are wanting to know how did Grogu get out of the temple? Uh, we did not get that either. Um, I was hoping for that, you know, at least a little tease of it. But, um, but, you know, they they know what they're doing clearly with Grogu. So uh, definitely got to take care of the the baby. <laughs> yeah, Tony, do you want my one word review? Let's hear it. My one word review of Obi Wan Kenobi underwhelming well i think everybody else should have an opportunity of giving a one-word review vance let's hear your one-word review amazing amazing underwhelming amazing mine would be satisfying great satisfyingly great (laughs) (laughs) two words Uh, sorry I was gonna say I was gonna say satisfying because that was that that was what I was thinking. Um, it was very satisfying. It it was not overwhelming. It wasn't underwhelming. I, I enjoyed it. Yep, it was enjoyable. It ended up being enjoyable. Uh, epic conclusion. Uh, you know. And, we also we have yeah. to all give our ratings out of ten. Okay. Eleven. Eight. I'm I'm gonna say you know somewhere like uh, seven point seven five. I'm gonna give it a four. <laughs> Not surprising. I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion on Obi Wan 
Kenobi. So again, thanks for joining us here on Good to Game Radio. We appreciate you stopping by. And thank you, Charles, for coming. We talked about Obi Wan Kenobi and how we like that show. Did not like that show. Um, You heard our ratings. You heard our views and our opinions. Thanks again for dropping by. We'll catch you guys later. Later, dudes. Later.